Welcome to the Live Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Victoria Ortigosa. Victoria is a senior manager for Core Voice Strategic Initiatives at British Telecom, otherwise known as BT, where she collaborates with senior stakeholders and leadership teams to drive and deliver their future goals and ambitions. Victoria thrives on making a difference and is not afraid to challenge the status quo. Passion, energy and determination ensure the business goals are delivered and she takes pride in ensuring that they succeed. The UK and Republic of Ireland Emergency Services, also known as 999, UK Network Rollout for Emergency Services, 4D Deployment and Strategic Joint Ventures are all critical projects that Victoria has led and delivered against as part of her career within technology. Victoria is a strong advocate for developing, supporting and motivating more technology leadership roles for women by bringing out the best in people to achieve their ambitions. In this episode, Victoria shares that you are your own asset. It's essential to invest in yourself and the cost of not doing so. The evolution of the working landscape, the growth and diversity and the reduction in career progression opportunities. The importance of having the courage to take a step back in all areas of your life and to peel off the layers of the onion. Why a lateral career move could be the best thing that you ever do how having a mentor enables you to see the best in you, just as they do, whilst nurturing confidence and growth, and that anything is possible. It just takes clarity on knowing what you want and those first baby steps. So let's head over and hear what Victoria has to say. Victoria, hi there. Welcome to My Brand HQ. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me today. It's a real pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I'm really excited to speak with you today. So tell me, first of all, what I'd like you to share with us is your career journey into tech and also the evolution that you've witnessed of telcos. OK, um, well, actually, I never really planned on going into tech ever. I always wanted to be an accountant and thought, oh, you know, I'll, be, I'll do accountancy that's a guaranteed job and uh, I started doing that started doing my qualifications started doing SEMA and then thought this is not for me this is just not my personality in any shape or form and then I thought I need to change and I happened to be working in accountancy for one-to-one -one at the time so mobile phone operator back in the days and uh, it was actually a colleague that I worked with in the network side who said we need someone like you with a bit of finance background uh, to come in and work in the technology side and I was like, oh, OK, yeah, sign me up. I'll come over. Uh, best thing I ever did. So um, I moved over as an assistant project manager. And from there onwards, I just became more into delivery and delivering projects, technical projects, uh, mainly sort of 2G, 3G, 4G rollout programs. But, you know, it just I just loved the buzz about it, the fast pace. And I kind of sort of fitted well into it. Um, and the fact that I had the finance background kind of helped them as well because techie guys generally like 
don't like finance um, and I quite liked it. So it kind of worked really well as a partnership. So it really broadens your skills. So hence, that's how I ended in the in the tech world and been there ever since. Incredible. Wow. And I like that because you know, there's something I talk about a lot. Also, having come from an accountancy background um, of about six years and then moving out of that. But, you know, I'm still an advocate for the qualification, to be fair, because I think that it's it's like a basis, a foundation for business. And there's still a lot that we can draw upon from the studies that we did. And Absolutely. So to, you know, whatever kind of role, whether it's a techie role or a strategy role or a sales role and, and kind of complement what we're doing now. So I think that's great. And as you say, a lot of techie guys don't like that. So it, it's like that's a real value add for you to stand out from the crowd, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's the great thing about it. I think people miss can see what finance is about. And actually you can use it so much, just like you say, as a basis that actually it helps you in all sorts of things, even in the techie world, you know, where you're working with suppliers and negotiating things and forecasting your hardware and, you know, trying to negotiate the best deals with them. And all of that, it sort of all comes together by yeah. having those basics. So yeah, I, I found it was a great value for me being part qualified. Just mm. couldn't go the whole hog. It just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't for me at that point. Well, you've obviously succeeded in everything you've done since then. So tell me about your um, what you've witnessed in terms of the evolution of, of the telco industry. Yeah, I mean, I guess the telco industry is really fast paced. It always has been. And um, we've always got to keep reinventing and building upon more and more and more to sort of meet the needs of the, the customers that we have, especially on mobile. Um, if you look at the mobile phones now compared to, you know, 20 years ago. Jesus Christ, we use it for everything, right? There's nothing we don't use it for. It's a computer now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and actually, you know, you look at machine to machine and how industry use more computerized uh, machinery. It's incredible how the evolution of tech has, has just grown. Um, what I have noticed, though, which is really good, is the way that technical companies, and I don't mean just telcos, but in general, have really grown when it comes down to diversity and inclusivity. I think back in the days, it was very much a you know, male orientated industry. Not many women were jo joining it because they were scared um, of actually what, you know, what kind of roles would be available for them. But also it wasn't the known thing for a woman to go into maybe software development or be an you know, engineer or something like that. And I think nowadays that isn't the case anymore. I mean, we still need more women. In, in technical companies but definitely there is more people going into it so I think that's one thing that's grown hugely um, and I think women are starting to feel more more comfortable going into more technical companies compared to before so I think that's great um, one of the things I have noticed that probably could improve that has changed hugely from when my career was growing is the opportunities to really sort of quickly get promoted up the chain I think back in in my day there was loads of opportunities you know you could excel yourself and get yourself out of your comfort zone and you would naturally be promoted and you would grow really quickly up your career I think it's harder for people to do that now and I, and I think that's mainly because of the more flatter structure organizations have um, so there's less opportunity at the top however um, saying that there's still opportunities and I think people don't recognize that I think people still have the mindset of the only way to progress to progress upwards and actually you know sometimes taking a step sideways or doing something different actually helps you progress further in your career because you learn new skills that you might not have done if you just followed your career path all the way up the chain so I think again it's the mindset thing of people really getting to realize that you know progression 
is not all about becoming a director or you know, being a manager. It's about learning and it's about being fulfilled in what you do uh, and really being happy in, in the career that you do, you know, and feel like you're coming away every day with some sort of buzz that you've done something that's been a difference um, to an organisation. So I think there's lots of changes, but I think they're the two big ones that that I find are the main mm-hmm. ones that I would home in on. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, just pulling out one thing you said there about the, the lateral moves and, and progression, um, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that because I used to see it when I was in, in the corporate world. Yeah. I was like, people just assumed that every move they make had to be the next level up. But actually, um, when you look at lateral moves, um, and as you say, you get that breadth of experience and learning and look at what you really enjoy, not doing something for the sake of doing something because it's expected of you or because that's what you think it should look like. It doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be moving up to direct a role. You can, you can have so much um, exposure and learning just by taking sideways moves, moving into different teams, different departments, you know, gaining new skills. Absolutely. And I think that's sometimes, sometimes it's better to take a step back um, rather than going up and going, actually, I'm going to take a step back and then move sideways. Because actually you get to realise really what your passion is. Because like you say, it's not about what's expected of you. And I think for many years, we've all kind of followed a path of this is what's expected of us. And actually nowadays, you, we don't need to do that. You know, we, we can do what makes us happy. Um, and sometimes that's not being a manager anymore. You might have done it and they've done it, bought the T-shirt. And you might think, actually, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something different. Um, and I think it's having that ability to be able to do that and recognize that in yourself to then be able to go actually I'm going to take up the opportunity somewhere else mm. and do something different and I think people don't tend to do that very often no and I think the word that comes to mind there is courage is having the courage to do that and not do what is expected of you by others and what society deems is the right next step um, Absolutely. So when I left accountancy you know I had everyone around me including my parents my friends my peer group mm. my manager I was a but what a waste, you know, you spent all these years studying, qualifying, working. Why would you throw it all away? And I, I just was like, I didn't see that. I just didn't see it throwing it away. I'm, I'm leveraging what I've learned to go do different things. And I think it's having that bigger picture, as you said, to take that step back and look at, okay, what, where can I go with this? What can I, what are the skills I've got to bring to the table and what can I do with them? It doesn't have to be that structured straight path anymore. No, exactly. And the thing is, you learn so many different skills anyway. So as as you progress your career, you know, when you get to a certain point in your career or a certain age, you know, you, you've experienced loads, whether that's personally or whether that's in your job, that actually you can pull on all of those experiences to do things that you maybe never dreamt of doing five years ago or 10 years ago. But now you're in a position that actually you can because you've got that experience. You, you know, you feel more confident. You've got the courage to do it. You have that bit more of actually, do you know what? I'm going to do what I enjoy rather than actually what's expected of me by my, my organisation or by my peers or people around me. So, yeah, I think I think definitely the courage and seeing outside of the you know seeing the bigger picture, really, I think helps people progress in a much different way. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. And just coming back to what you said there about um, the growth of, of diversity in the workplace, um, mm-hmm. and you've seen a lot of change there. Do you think there's still a lot more room for growth in that area? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I do mentoring. I, I mentor quite a few ladies, um, and I still see it today. You know, we still have women that are scared 
to be in a male environment. We still have women that are not sure how to act in some of those scenarios. Um, we still have women that feel that they can't progress because they don't have the coverage or the confidence or, or the ability to see actually they don't have to prove themselves in a different way. Um, you know, they, they've got the skills, they've got the ability. So there's still a lot of this self-doubt and lack of self-confidence. And I think women are probably, or we are probably, our worst enemy sometimes, because I think we, we set such high expectations on ourselves um, that we have to hit all of these criterias. And actually, in reality, we don't. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's definitely more room to do more of that. Um, I think organisations can still do a lot more to promote it more. And I know most organisations have got all sorts of things. I know, you know BT do a tech women programme, we do an Accelerate programme. All of that is there to give women the tools to progress their career, which I think is wonderful. Um, but likewise, there's loads of other things that could be done, um, I think, to help women feel more confident to be able to go for the roles. Because I think that's half the battle. I think they look at the job spec and they go, oh my God, I can't do all of that, panic. Um, and then don't go for it. Whereas actually, I think if we took a step back on that and actually said, well, we can actually do most of that. Let's just go for it anyway. Now have that courage, have that little bit more self-confidence to just do it. I think we'd actually surprise ourselves. So yeah, so I definitely think there's more to do. And that's why, you know, recently I, I've got quite heavily involved in public speaking and doing the women in tech and because I think actually you know you can share all your experiences um, and share that actually as women we can still have a good career and still have all the lifestyle that you want around it um, and be able to manage it all so it's yeah there's a lot more space I think absolutely yeah and, and I think um, to your point there about the job specs and, and you know feeling that you have to know it all I, I always mm. ask the question if, if you know it all what where's the growth exactly you know you yeah, what want, are you looking to learn from it yeah, yeah I totally agree otherwise it won't stretch you it'll just be doing the same same the same again yeah exactly and I think that's why you know as part of us as individuals it's really important to learn and invest in yourself all the time because if you don't you're kind of not reinventing yourself so you become a bit stale in what you do and then you kind of tend to forget what actually makes you happy you know you tend to forget all the good things and all the positives that you've done in your career whether that's at work or privately at home, you forget all about that and it just becomes the norm and you become stale. So you've got nothing there that challenges you. You've got nothing there that's going to give you that buzz in the morning when you wake up and think, oh, do you know what? God, I love getting up to do this or this because you know, you're not challenging yourself. So I think it's really important for, for people to really sort of recognise what is it that they love? So really know themselves. I think the more you know yourself, and the more you can reflect on the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you want to look at it, however you want to look at it, um, and really sort of reflect on that within yourself, um, you can then really get to the nitty gritty of actually what makes you happy. What are you passionate about? What gives you that buzz? And then from there, you could then see where you want to stretch yourself. Because I think until you know yourself, you could be going down all sorts of avenues and actually not being any happier than you were at the beginning. So, uh, yeah, it's really important to take that time out. Mm, precisely and, and and you touched there on well there's a couple of things I want to go down but let's start with the mentoring you talked about mentoring there um, yeah so and, and the fact that you you mentor some some women at the moment so so what are the benefits would you say of, of mentorship for others so I think there's, there's two there's a two-way benefit really I think you, you benefit from being a mentor and you benefit from being a mentee I'm lucky I've got a mentor as well so I benefit from both um but I think you're able to share your experiences and people everybody's different 
So when you're actually mentoring people or you're working with people, it's amazing to see actually there's quite a lot of commonalities generally, um, but also you bounce off each other. So not only do you help them, which gives you a great satisfaction, gives me a personal satisfaction that I can help people and see them grow or see them see the best in themselves that they didn't see at the beginning. Um, but also I learn from them too. Because as you're going through different scenarios or problems or whatever they're trying to challenge themselves on, you actually learn things from them as well. Um, so I think, you know, the, the whole relationship is really important because you both gain from it. And it also gives you, you know, self-confidence. Um, it makes you, you know, easier when, you, when you're trying to speak to people and deal with problems. It makes it easier for you to handle those. Um, and actually for the mentee, they can sort of walk away and feel like they can do more. And I think that's the greatest satisfaction that you walk, they walk away knowing they can actually do more and you walk away knowing that actually you've helped them do that. So I think it's a really, really good, good thing. Um, and I think for me, if I didn't have a mentor um, who's helped me, you know, be able to bounce ideas off and um, be able to be sort of my second voice, because, you know, sometimes we all doubt ourselves, you know, no matter how confident you are, you're always going to doubt yourself somewhere along the way. Um, if I didn't have that person there, to go, well, actually, you know, do you realise you're good at this, this and this and this? Um, you kind of don't always see the best in yourself, whereas other people do. So I think having your mentor there to support you and guide you where you're maybe not sure, you know, you're unsure about stuff, um, is really, really useful because it gives you that bouncing act, you know, backwards and forwards where you can get and gain that experience and learn from them. But also you can look at the kind of things they've done in their career and go oh actually that kind of interests me you know how did you go about it you know what what would you recommend I could do to make it different you know where or how do you recommend I can make the change here or there so it really does help balance your thoughts and, and really sort of then challenge yourself further so yeah I think it's a win-win for both parties in all fairness mm. no absolutely I agree with everything you said there so tell me then having got a mentor yourself what would be different today do you think if you hadn't had a mentor that's interesting actually I think I wouldn't have challenged myself as much as I did you wouldn't I have. wouldn't have no I wouldn't have um I think I would have been doubting myself more whereas by having my mentor it kind of gave me that little boost to go actually I can do this um and then when I was putting things together like for my first talk that I did and I you know, gave him, sort of showed him the presentation package. I'm like, oh, that's great. It's really good. You know, you're a natural, go for it. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I never thought that was the case. Um, but actually, it was a really lovely way to feel good about yourself and be able to go, actually, I can do this. So it's, it's a real good boost of confidence when you have a mentor. And I think that's the good thing about it. It helps you boost yourself up a little bit and it helps you take that leap that you might not have taken if you didn't have somebody else to give you that little nudge or that little direction or that little kind of confidence that you may be lacking yourself. So yeah, I, I've, you know, I don't regret having one at all. I thought it was brilliant and I still, I still dip in and out as I want to need to. We, we still have sessions um, and we still meet up for lunch and coffee whenever we can. So, you know, it's not a regular thing. It's as and when we need to. And I think that's the beauty of being a, a mentor. Um, you, you dip in and out according to what that mentee needs from you so it doesn't have to be a strict every week you know um it, it depends on what you need them for and mm. how they're going to support you so yeah so it's a great great um way to to grow I think as an individual yeah it really does help completely and I love the fact that you're kind of reaching out to the people coming up 
behind you and, and giving back in that way as well. I think that's phenomenal. Absolutely. And I think it's not even just people in the workplace. Um, you know, I, I do it with charities as well. And so I do it for the Diana Trust Award for the children. And, you know, it's amazing to see 13 year olds, 14 year olds learning from your own experiences. And, and again, that they still got the same perception of there are certain ways they should be studying or there's certain ways they should be learning or there's a certain path they should be taking. And actually, um, I think we did an exercise quite a few weeks back around mapping, do like a career map. And I mapped my career and starting right from my GCSEs, which weren't great, <laughs> to where I am today. And it's amazing how different things I've done all along the way. And they were like, oh, you know, they were actually shocked about the variation of different studies, different courses, the way that I went from business and finance to travel and tourism, back into accountancy, back into delivery. You know, I'd gone sort of like backwards and forwards like a yo-yo. Um, and yet I still built my career. So it kind of helps them realize that even if a path isn't right for you, there is always opportunities to change, learn, and still develop yourself. Mm. And I think that was the message we were trying to get across. So yeah, I mean, you can you can always give back, and it doesn't matter what age, it, it helps. You know, it helps everybody really at the end of the day. Yeah, completely. And I think also, you know, even if you have a, you pick a career route that you feel isn't for you, yeah, there's still always things you take away and learn from it. Absolutely, like we were saying about the accountancy. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Mm. So, so going back to something else you said earlier about investing in yourself, I'd like you to, to share a bit more about that, because I know when we've spoken before, you, you said to me, um, you use the phrase, you are your own asset, and that's something yes. I strongly believe. So tell me more about this. You know, what is it you've done in that regard? So, so that was actually said to me once by one of my managers, one of my directors, um, quite a few years back. Um, and they actually said, you know, you are your own asset. And I thought, actually, that's very true. And it kind of sort of stuck in my head after that because we you know we spend all of our lives investing in our homes you know our nice material things our nice car you know whatever we enjoy we feel we have to invest into bricks and water and god knows what and and you sort of think to yourself well actually where do I invest in me because we kind of let life become a bit of a rat race and we don't stop and think well what do I need to develop myself you know wh where are my flaws that's stopping me becoming better or achieving more or doing things that I never thought I could do um, and I did a, a program once myself just to really look back at I've gone through lots of changes both personally and at work and I kind of lost my mojo I felt like where, where am I going you know what is it that I want to do here and I did a program that really made me reflect more about me you know what is it that I want and I think that's why I put such a big emphasis about people understanding what it, what it is they want and actually who are they you know really who are they as an individual what makes them buzz and of course once I'd done that I kind of came out of there going oh my god you know I need to do this and I need to do that and I, need, and I came up with this massive list of all kinds of different development things that I wanted to do um, from public speaking to TED talks to courses that I wanted to do to even just resetting my own boundaries. You know, what am I willing to accept in my life? Um, and what am I willing to let go of? Because I think, again, all of those things have a difference in how you are as an individual. And I think the more balanced you are, the easier it is for you to achieve what you want. And sometimes it's hard to let go of things that don't help you, but it's recognizing that they don't help you is really important. So I think, you know, investing in yourself is not just about doing courses and learning things is actually being true to yourself 
and, and really sort of reflecting on actually what is happy for you. And again, it goes back to what we said before. It's not about what everyone else thinks. It's not about what the world says you should be doing. It's about what is it that you want to do? Um, and if that means you jump around like a lunatic 10 times a day doing some crazy dance, then so be it. You know, but it's what makes you happy and, and what you feel like you're getting a self-satisfaction out of and a buzz that you come away smiling and beaming and buzzing of energy once you've done something. And that's one of the feelings I get when I do mentoring. I come off calls from people and I feel energised and yeah. I feel really chuffed. And I think, again, you know, that's one element that I really enjoy. But there's loads of other things. So I think that's where the investing in yourself is really key. Mm. No, I, again, agree with all you said. That I think um, as you started out explaining that, you know, we, we invest in everything else outside of us, like the material <laughs> things, whether it's the holidays or, you know, going out, drinking, eating, all that sort of thing, which is it's all fine. But a lot of that's to hide away from looking at yourself because as a coach, I've learned over the years that it's so uncomfortable for people. Um, in, in fact, I had a friend of mine who said to me a while back, she said, you know, you've got so much courage because I've always had a coach for the last sort of eight, nine years now. Yeah. Um, and I'm always working on bettering myself. And she said, so much courage. And I said, for what? And she said, look at yourself all the time. You keep peeling off the layers and peeling and peeling. I was like, okay. I hadn't thought of it like that, but she said, most of us don't want to go there. Don't want to look at that. Don't want to look at ourselves. No. And you're right. It is, it's like an onion. You are peeling off those layers. And I think every time something hits you, whether that's something at work or, you know, like I'm divorced, I'm a single mum, you know, my son's 16 nearly. Um, you know, my mum lives with me, she's a part-time, you know, she's 81, nearly 82, so I'm a part-time carer. So I've got all of those challenges going on. But at the same time, you know, there's been moments at work that I felt like I was a failure. And I'm thinking, I'm, and sometimes you have to just take a step back, whether you think that personally or at work, and actually go, well, actually, I'm not, you know, um, because I think, again, it goes back to, unless you start peeling those layers off, and you start really reflecting on it properly, you don't see the positives because generally we'll set ourselves such high expectations that we don't. And so therefore you end up knocking yourself down all the time rather than actually going, well, do you know what? Okay, I could have done that differently. But at the end of the day, it was fine. It was absolutely acceptable. There was no issues with it. I didn't have to be the best, you know, and I've done the best, so it doesn't matter. So I think, again, it's, it's having that realisation check in everything that we do and I think we're all really bad at doing that sometimes I think we're just terrible mm. we beat ourselves up for the smallest of things when actually we should be actually praising ourselves for it rather yeah. than beating ourselves up completely celebrating our wins our successes and, and focusing on all the good stuff when we look at that one little thing that didn't quite work yeah, yeah exactly um, and letting go of it as well because sometimes people hold on to those and it kind of hinders them both personally and in their career because they don't know how to let go of it and actually sometimes you just need to say look it was out of my control I hadn't I couldn't do anything about it so I just need to let go of it park it move on um rather than you know keep winding yourself up about it which is what we all tend to do I don't know why it's mental isn't it but we all tend to like wind ourselves up about stuff it's like you know put a key in and wind it up and off we go and it's, it's crazy so um yeah I think people need to take that time out and that's why I think investing in yourself gives you that ability to do that and and so then what is the cost of not investing in yourself I think generally what I would say when I hadn't done it before if I look back now before I started investing in myself and really focusing on what was important to me I kind of focused on what was important to everybody else 
Um, so actually, rather than doing things that gave me that passion, I was trying to please everybody else thinking that's what was making me happy. And actually it wasn't. Um, if anything, it was probably bringing me down um, and putting more pressure on myself than I needed to. Um, and like you said, you know, as we say, sometimes people don't care anyway. So you could do all of this. And sometimes people don't even realise or they don't care or they don't appreciate it. So then you feel let down then. So I think, you know, that's one thing. You could feel really demotivated because, you know, you again, you, you're expecting all of this response and sometimes you just don't get it. Um, also, you miss out on opportunities. So sometimes when you're just so focused on just, you know, blinkered on what it is that you're doing and that's it, you, you kind of don't see opportunities around you because you're not open-minded enough to go, oh, actually, do you know what? That's not maybe what I thought I'd do, but hey, I'm going to give it a go um, and enjoy it. So I think, again, by investing yourself, you're really a bit more open-minded. You can see things a bit more clearly because you're more stable in yourself. And also you can take on opportunities that you might never have done before. So I think, you know, for me, it's, it's a good way to really sort of expand your skills and learn, which I think is key. Never too old to learn, that's what I say. Mm. so um, it's always worth worth doing that as more as you as often you can and the more you do the more you're learning from it and uh, the more you can realize the benefits of it yeah so a big big takeaway that I think for anyone listening to this is investing in yourself and really taking that step back is what I keep hearing as a something yeah. that's really really important because it can make such a difference totally yeah absolutely and and tell me then as an advocate for women in tech again something you mentioned earlier Share your passion with us for, for making a difference and motivating others. I think I think demonstrating, um, you know, I, like I said, I've done a few talks and uh, when I have done them, it, I've shared my personal life. You know, I, I think that's really important because I think if you're honest to yourself and you're honest to others, then people can learn from that and they benefit from it. And especially women. Um, and I've spoken to so many after some of the events that I've done where they've gone, oh, my God, you know, I put such a pressure on myself. I'm a new mum and I've just got a new job. And, oh, my God, oh, I'm just getting divorced. I don't know what I'm, you know. And I'm thinking, well, actually, all of that's doable. You, you just got to not set yourself such big deadlines or timelines or, you know, really beat yourself up about it. It's just take it in all baby steps. You know, all of it's possible. You know, as, as a woman, you can do whatever you want at the end of the day. There's nothing out there that says, as a woman, you can't do X. You know, it doesn't exist. So it's really about what is it that you want to do um, and, and really sort of make people more aware that actually they can do it as well. And that's what I like about it. It's, it's sharing the lessons learned, I guess, mm. and sharing the reality of life. Because I think everyone paints a rosy picture and actually it's not always a rosy picture. So, so I like to share the reality of what my life is. And it is hard sometimes, you know, we're not going to sit here and say it's rosy because it's not, but it is doable. And it's all about how do you balance that? How do you approach it? You know, do you have the courage to step out of your comfort zone um, and actually just go for it? And that's what I like to be able to teach women or show women that actually you know, they absolutely can go for it. So that's why I help in charities. I do the women tech events. I do the public speaking. Um, I help with the tech program at work because I think it's really important because if we don't all come together, then you haven't got that support function to help others. Yeah, and I think that's key. Indeed, completely. And how do you draw upon your own experiences then to, to inspire and support others? I think just being honest. Um, I think it's really important that, you know, we've all seen senior leaders, you know, put on a front. 
we've all seen senior leaders be this persona and yeah, then they're completely different yeah, yeah. outside um and I've I've never been that kind of person I'm very much what you see is what you get um, and I believe you shouldn't hide your true self you know if that's your personality if that's the way you are um you know you, you should embrace it and show people the true you because I think the more you can be yourself the more people are going to trust you and actually the more they're going to feel that they can connect to you as well because they can actually go well do you know what that's normal I can you know I have those days you know and I can relate to that and oh my god you're speaking exactly what I'm thinking because we've all going through the same things at different points in our life so I think for me it's been being honest the more you can be honest and transparent the more that people can relate to it and then just you know being being as uh, helpful as you can and helping people and the word that comes to mind there is authenticity absolutely authenticity. yeah totally yeah, yeah be authentic to yourself yeah totally and so you know you've got a career spanning over 20 years so so what would you say has changed in the workplace you know how have things evolved um i think depending where you want your career to go um i think there's opportunities to always change your career i think that's a really good point i think people always get really focused on one career path um and actually you know there's lots of ways you can change things so if i look at my my career you know i've gone from like academic role where i was doing accountancy to being a really full-on senior delivery manager and really sort of driving a fast-paced delivery which i loved to then being a manager you know head of a department and managing a team which brings different challenges and now i've sort of moved into more change management still delivering programs and projects but more on the change side rather than the physical delivery um so again you know and, and you learn from all these things because you bring all your past skills you bring into your new role and then you enhance it so for me the future i guess my career is more around you know working on that strategic change in an organization driving the benefit of what the change will bring um you know supporting these programs as part of the change that they're trying to do um, you know, support new teams grow themselves because you know, as as the organization changes new teams come apparent and they're starting from bottom up so again it's how do you bring that team together how do you get them to glue together as a team work more closely and really sort of bounce off each other and they're the kind of things i love getting involved in so so that's sort of one element of my career that I, I like to kind of keep progressing and the other side is helping other people so the mentoring coaching I think that's a really big piece um and I find that I enjoy that more and more that I do it so again that's another avenue that I'd like to do more of as I go forward yeah and uh, you know I love what you said there first of all about the opportunity to always change your career it's like things have changed so much and hugely you know, can evolve our, our career over time and do different things and there's so much value and benefit to be had on both sides so in terms of the skills the knowledge the expertise that we build up doing that Absolutely. then what we bring in terms of value to an organization to a team and to your mentoring because again you can bring all that together absolutely you can and i think you know as an organization um, as well as organizations go they really need to look more around how can they get the best out of people? Because I think that's really important. Sometimes that's missed in the rat race of what we're trying to do all the time because we're all moving so fast that sometimes you don't get the best out of your people because you don't always recognize their skills um, because we're always moving so fast paced. So I think, you know, if anything we can do more, I think is getting people to recognize their skills, but also utilizing their skills more. 
really bringing together again looking at the team what skills do they have who's got who's got the positive skills or the skill sets that somebody else doesn't have and maybe sort of you know bounce off each other to get work done or get tasks completed so I think it's really getting the best out of people mm-hmm. and finding that is really important yeah and would you say there's more to be done in that area do you think there's a lot more focus that's required there from just from your experience yeah I think so I think we can do more in organizations around mentoring I think there's more we can do to help um I know you know we we do offer mentoring in BT but it's still quite people still don't do it I think people are still scared to do it I think they're worried that it's a bit of a weakness that they feel they need a mentor so I think again it's it's about how can we promote that more how can we make it more fun so that people don't feel like it's a weakness in, in what they're doing and then I think from a skills perspective is again I think giving people that empowerment to broaden their skills but also draw on them a lot better so rather than pigeonhole roles which some organizations do I'm not saying BT do necessarily but some organizations do is actually broaden those roles give people the opportunity to maybe think out of the box a little bit more um, and the flexibility to learn new skills because then that way you can see the best out of people where do they, you know, where do they exceed? Where do they, where do you see them have that buzz? Or where are you actually not getting that out of them? Because I think that's the real important thing is to notice when you're not getting that out of somebody, how can you get that back into them? And how can you make them enthusiastic to want to get that buzz feeling? Yeah. So I think we do need to be a bit more attentive to that. Mm. Um, I just think it's hard as a, as a being an eye manager before, it's hard to keep everything in control um, when you've got so much going on but I think yeah as managers we we could definitely do more Mm. and I think just reversing that again you know to to the investing in yourself conversation it's about the individual as well taking the initiative and stepping up asking for the support asking for the help um, and wanting to be their best self because if you've got the individual wanting that and then you've got a manager who wants that for you it's great that's just phenomenal Exactly. And actually, you know, putting your hand up and go, look, I need something more meaty or I need something that's going to give me more of an energy boost or mm. actually I can take on more work. You know, I think, like you say, being honest about that with your line manager really does help because I think sometimes people are scared to do that. So um, so I think, yeah, the more transparent you can be with them, the more they can help you. So it is a two way conversation. definitely. Mm. And, and tell me, what's the greatest challenge that you've had to overcome in your career? Oh, um, I would say it's probably balancing everything if I'm being honest I think you know I loved my career I think you know when I was at the height of my career I absolutely loved it I mean I worked hard I put a lot of hours in probably you know wasn't at home as often as I should have been so there was that little guilt trip of maybe I should have been at home more with my son and maybe doing more things at home and being maybe you know a better mum at the time Um, but you know I don't regret it and I think that's that's the main thing even though I recognize it was a challenge and I recognize I probably could have done things slightly differently maybe I look back now my 16 year old and think actually do you know what he's independent he knows how to do things compared to some 16 year olds that don't you know he's well mannered he's come out good so actually me being my career woman that I was doing my work and maybe not being at home but hasn't actually hindered him so you know it's really been my own guilt tripping that's hindered myself so I think it's sometimes maybe being a little bit more fair in yourself when you're trying to balance all these things and actually recognize that everything you're doing has a benefit on somebody else as well not just on yourself and, and you know being a mum I was always a true believer is a happy mum a happy child and so therefore you know while I was happy he was absolutely fine so I think and, that, and I know lots of women do struggle on that 
motherhood career. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge that I hear more often than not. But also, you know, at the time I found, you know, I kind of had to, I felt like I was always choosing. Um, right. And uh, I guess that was probably hard at the time. Mm. But yeah, I think that was one of them. And I think the other one was just really always following the rat race. You kind of constantly feel like you've got to follow what's happening all the time. Um, and I guess I regret, the only thing I regret is not pausing sooner than I did. I think if I would have paused and actually reflected on myself um, probably sooner than I did, then my career may have changed completely different again, you know? Um, but like I say, you learn from the paths that you take. So it's always good never to have regrets about them um, and just take all the positives that you've learned from them because they're going to go with you. You're never going to lose out on them. So, um, so yeah, I think they're the main two, I would say. Mm. Me. So what's next for you, Victoria? Oh, what's next? Um, I've got shit loads of courses that I want to do. So I've got about two or three that I want to have a look at and do. So that's more my own personal training. Um, I still want to carry on doing my public speaking. I mean, that's something I always said I would never do. And now I've been doing it for like a year and a half now. So I'm just like, I don't know where that's come from. So I think I want to carry on doing that. Um, and I kind of want to somehow I want to do like a TED talk somewhere. I don't know where that's come from, but it's something that I kind of want to tick in the in the box and do at some point. And there's no timeline to any of this. It's just the things that I've got in my head that I want to do. And I think that's the important thing is we all tend to want to set ourselves target dates and timelines and oh, we've got to do it by then. Otherwise, we failed. Actually, you don't. You know, every bit that you learn, whether you've done an hour of it or whether you've done 10 hours of it you're still learning from it. Mm. And so I don't ever set myself any real targets um, apart from I want to do it. And then I just make sure that I set myself little steps in order to get me there. And as I achieve them, I go, well, that's one step done. And that's another step done. So, so for me, it's really progressing my career in the areas that I love. And that's really important. Um, and I'm really just doing it in small steps and always learning and stretching myself because I think that's so important. You're only in this world once in your life, so you might as well make the most of it. Um, and that's that's exactly what I want to do. So yeah, yeah, fantastic. And I mean, my big takeaways there, and actually reverts back to what you said about sharing. When I asked you about sharing your passion for making a difference, is that as you just stated, that anything is possible. You know, you talked Absolutely. about public speaking there, um, taking the baby steps to get there, and and being kind to yourself as you're doing it. And also getting clear on what it is you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they are the main things because unless you do that, you kind of don't know where you're going. So you're always in that limbo of where do I go? What do I do? You know, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? You're always doubting yourself. So yeah. I think the more clarity you have about it, the more you'll know actually this is where I want to go. And even if you don't get there, you've not lost out because you know you could walk out tomorrow and walk into a different role that you will use all that knowledge for so you know it's never about oh I have to do this I have to do it in the organization I'm in you've got to think actually I could do this anywhere so I think it's, it's making sure that you recognize your skills and how valuable they are to more than just one organization absolutely and also it's all everything along the way is learning it's what you take it from your experiences from the situations from the challenges that that build you up 
Yeah, and, and life is learning, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. everything we go through, if you look at the last two years of COVID, oh my God, what have we all learned, you know? And we've probably all learned that actually we all need to slow down a tad because we were all going a bit too fast before all that hit us. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's one thing I've definitely learned. Um, and so, you know, these things come, they hit us and sometimes you learn loads from it. Yeah. So it's always, always learning. Absolutely. Victoria, thank you so much for this conversation today. It's been very insightful, inspiring, and your energy is just phenomenal. I love it. Thank oh, thank you, you for your time. time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode, then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most. And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.